But anyway, Seamus, were you going to dive in the Lakers role players and their path to glory here? Rondo Rondo did like Rondo stuff where it was like he scored zero points, I think, for the whole game. But he had he was like just getting random rebounds. He was assists, everything, because honestly, it was a very sloppy game. But like KCP was semi hitting threes. I think uh, Morris hit a couple, too. Yeah, man, he keeps keeps hitting them. And I really like it. I just hate it. I just hate that Markeith Morris is coming through. He's been more important than Kuzma. Yes. I just hate that he's been coming through in the finals, you know, as whatever, like the ninth man. But even so, I'm just, I I just, (laughs) we'll never get over how he tanked or helped tank those Wizards teams. He was, he was hitting shots. And yeah, Kuzma didn't have an amazing shooting game. I don't think, I mean, Shane, I don't know if you have the number, the shooting numbers up. He just kept taking them, you know, and he got that layup late and he was just doing what he had to do. You know, he was just playing his role very well. And he wasn't, like, backing down from shots, stayed in his role in the offense, and he was the one that had... I mean, Rondo, like, to your... I mean, to your point, he had zero points until, what, the last, like, three minutes. And honestly, like, I feel like he bailed LeBron out in the fourth quarter anyway. Because every single Lakers possession leading good offense for them. Not every single one, obviously, but in the fourth, like... A large, a shockingly large percentage, it was a Rondo pick and roll with Anthony Davis or even Morris, and he would essentially get his defender, like, kind of back into that awkward area around the elbow, and then he would find, like, the guy that's leaning in a little bit too much on him, and he would hit his man for the three or the layup, and, you know, and that was it, and they were hitting him. He played great, honestly. Like, they, they he just did. And I have opted out of Rondo discourse for the last several years because it just seems like it does no one any good. (laughs) But, you know, regardless of what you think of him overall as a player, like, he has played very well this series. Like, that is just a fact to me. He also obviously has, like, all the finals experience. Like, he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows his role on the team. Um, Caruso did really well, too. Alex Caruso, another role player that's been more important than Kyle. So just put him up on the big board. Yeah, no, you're right. Caruso played well. I mean, Danny Green, I think he's been the one like goose egg for them. I don't. I, I just and not that he's been getting killed out there. Like I thought, I thought Danny Green was going to be in trouble when they went against the Nuggets, and it looked like in game or no, maybe that was the Rock. Well, the Nuggets too, but I think it was actually the Rockets game one when he was just getting torched by Harden on like every play, and I was like, oh shit, Danny Green is. They need him to be better than that. And he has been better than that going forward, but I mean, he just, I don't, has he had like a good shooting game in the last five? He, uh, I mean, even on like the defensive side of things, which I've always viewed Danny Green as more of like a defender than a shooter. It's just he was good at shooting too. I mean, he really hasn't looked that great to me. All playoffs, like on either side of the ball, really. He, his, he looks like he's running in cement to me. Like he's like, he does like the obnoxious football high step when he's on defense, like. But uh, just looking at the numbers, uh, Eli, so Markeith Morris has the most threes made just the entire series. With 11, did you want to guess who has the second most on the team? I'd see. Well, if you're having me guess, it's probably not KCP. So nope. is it LeBron? Nope. Is it Davis? Nope. It's someone I wouldn't have guessed. Caruso? Nope. Kuzma with nine. Wow. But, I mean, I guess, like, because Kuzma has been taking – so Kuzma's taken 23 on the series. KCP's taken 28. Markeef's taken 26. Danny Green's taken 26. But it, it kind of matches up with what we've seen. I mean, Danny Green and KCP, for the most part, have just been breaking left and right. So, I mean, Kuzma's just shooting shooting fine. <laughs> That's more than enough to be, I guess, the second best on the team right now. 
for sure. Yeah, it's, nine for twenty-three is pretty good. It's definitely not like jumping out at you though necessarily, given how small a sample size that is. Honestly, Davis and LeBron having to be out there. Where are you putting Kuzma? Like, are you playing him at the four? Doesn't seem like they want to do that, right? Are you playing him at the two? I don't think he can do that. Um, and then, you know, I guess the three if LeBron's at the four, but they don't even want to do that that much. I mean, I just, it's so funny that he was the one that they like, and I think it's just all like post facto, like justification, but it's so funny to think that he was the young player that they like demanded they had to keep because he fits in like easily the worst <laughs> among any of those guys with LeBron and Davis. Like Ingram is not perfect, but would still like fit in better. Lonzo definitely. And Josh Hart, I actually think would fit the best. Josh Hart would, would make difference. I think if yeah. still had Josh Hart somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, and he, you know, was not as big a name as Kuzma. It's really funny to think if they could have kept him over, over Kyle, but that's not what happened. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he hasn't been embarrassing himself. Like he hasn't been playing off, off, um, uh, awful at all. It's just, he doesn't have a role on this team. And like KCP and Danny Green, even if they're thrown up bricks, as they do at least half the time, still are, can survive out there on defense for the most part. The matchup, if they have... So if you have Danny Green and KCP out there and then they're essentially matched up on Hero and Duncan Robinson, that's just a win for the Lakers. Because you know at least KCP and Danny Green are going to do fine defensively and maybe brick some shots. They just seem like they know what they're doing a lot better than what, and and that's just like age and experience type of stuff. Like, yeah, it's not real. I mean, literally, Robinson and Hero are rookies or second year player, depending on how you count Robinson. Crazy young guys who have never played anywhere near this level in their life. I mean, I know people are like, oh, like every game is important at Kentucky. Like, come on, man, you're playing like SEC teams at Kentucky. Like, let's get real. <laughs> and like no shots or whatever but that's just how it is you know so right uh, it's you're totally right it's not their fault but like danny green and kcp they just and look their job in a way is simpler because all they have to do is go up and screen for lebron and get out of the way and that's it you know and then it's just wait and like try to get yourself open for a shot you know and like i'm not saying like i'm not saying i could do it you know but it's not they're not having to run around off like three different screens and create on their own like Robinson and Hero are having to do, right? It's just not the same thing. Yeah, they've been getting open. Yeah, <laughs> they've definitely been open. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, like you said, uh, I mean, their defense has been, they've been doing what they're supposed to do. They're playing the role. I mean, they're not going to go out there and take 50 shots just because they're open. Like, they, I think they played well within the means of the system, but I mean, it's, it's LeBron's team. So, <laughs> I think... After game two, it would have been Anthony Davis, finals MVP. And now it's obviously LeBron. Like, unless unless game five, or, or I guess game six. Well, like, right. So LeBron would have to kind of fall off. But unless game five, like, Davis literally wins pretty much single-handedly. You know, like, if he hits another buzzer beater or just takes over in the fourth quarter in a really dramatic fashion. I don't see how you give it to him over LeBron at this point. Um... I mean, specifically because he was, like, dog shit in Game 3. And, like, even last night, he was better, right? He was good last night. But he, what, did he get to 22 points? And, like, the big, still, like, best and only big defender on the Heat is Bam, who, like, 
his neck like is probably so stiff like i don't even know if he can turn it you know and like his shoulder is fucked up and he was in foul trouble last night too yeah Man. and davis had a good game but it was not it was not game two you know it was not like this dude is suddenly wilt chamberlain yeah, because if you remember the first the first half for LeBron last night was like egregious. I mean, he had eight points, thirty seven from the field, five turnovers, and he finished out the game strong. I mean, he shot five hundred from the field, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Jimmy's been outplaying LeBron damn near every game, which is all, kind of the only reason I I would consider it AD. But the fact that LeBron just has a much less favorable matchup and has still been in contention for being the best player, I think you do have to give it to LeBron. And whether or not what we feel, I, th- I think the league's going to give it to LeBron anyway, even if AD comes out and drops 50 this next game. I was going to say with LeBron, like the turnovers were in the first half were bad, but that's because they were like the heat, like defensively, because he was trying to feed Davis in the post and they were just playing it really well. And he, it seemed like, obviously he had like one or two like stupid passes, but like a lot of it seemed like they were like not letting him do what he wanted. Like he was trying to get other people involved like he typically does. And they were just not letting him do that. That's also why they were like going under the screens like half the time because they wanted him to shoot the three, which he will do. But it's only if you like actually like force him to. Back to the Davis point on a lot of those attempts at post ups, it was it wasn't even it wasn't Bam and it wasn't even Crowder on him. It was like Jimmy Butler trying to front and um, uh, Iggy, you know, and again, like those are two great defenders, right? Like no question about it but they're giving up i mean jimmy is giving up what like eight inches maybe like is jimmy six five so maybe six or seven to davis i mean six six seven two thirty eli so still yeah definitely giving up a lot of ground i think he was six seven he does play smaller than that he gave it to him you know i mean like again davis got his points he was still effective he was still he had definitely a positive impact on the game still does not have that ability to really take over against smaller players every single night. Such a stupid take after we watched him like detonate this team two games ago and his like also his team happens to be up 3-1. So there's really no reason for me to like hate on Anthony Davis and I'm not trying to. I'm just saying like you might be right Shane like LeBron has been outplayed or at least played pretty evenly by Butler. But I think he has consistently shown up every game. And if the Lakers had missed him for any one of these games, they would have been absolutely toast. A lot of uh, Davis's points, I noticed, too, were just like the product of their offense or like the heat not rotating correctly or Davis just knowing when to cut. Because it was a lot of it was like it was just like quick pass. And then Davis is like right there and he's dunking it like immediately just wide open. Keith Morris hit him up with one of those. um, uh... Known passer, Marky Morris. Exactly. I know. I love to see it. And no, you're you're right. And it's not that he isn't making the right play there, like he obviously is. But in that action, and given the Heat's alignment, you could have also put Dwight in the dunker spot, and Dwight could have dunked the ball. You know, and maybe you say, oh, well, like, they have to play it a certain way because of Davids and not Dwight, and I get that. But, like, I think the play, at least that I'm thinking of, happened against the zone anyway, for one. And two, I mean, like, there's not that much difference you have, like, when you're in the dunker spot, like, which is why they call it that, you know, you're there to dunk. (laughs) You're there when the guy draws a defender and then you have a free look at the rim. So, yeah, that's not, again, I I think we agree. That's not like a knock on Davis, but he definitely, he was not on the offensive end. 
taking over that game. Now, on the defensive end, he was still a beast. He was, like, pinning shots that entire game. Like, Tyler Hero tried to drive against him once, and the shot, like, damn near hit the rafter. But I... If if the if they were to say that Davis on the defensive end has been so disruptive and impactful that he's the MVP anyway, I wouldn't be completely blown away by that. I was just say with uh in terms of like offensive like dynamics of just like what you have to do given with your roster composition, how'd you feel about Hero leading the Heat in uh, attempts last night? Do you see that? It, it very much was in line with how I felt watching the game, but it's just not something I had like been singling out while watching and. When I saw the stat sheet after the game, it did make sense to me. And I just wonder if uh, if Heat if Heat fans at home would feel like a little frustrated with that. I personally wouldn't. I think it's pretty clear he's like in their long term plans, barring some sort of like superstar trade. And this is like they're gonna expect him to take the most shots on the team eventually. So you might as well get him reps now. I think. But. Well, look. I mean, best case scenario for them is that within the next couple of years, he basically is Goran Dragic, right? Like mm-hmm. he that role on the team and maybe he can even be better than that right and I'm sure that there are many people in Miami who would like that to be the case but Goran was really good also but I, I I'm with you Shane like I don't I, you can't blame Tyler Hero you know like he is playing his role like do you absolutely think every shot he takes is the best shot no but that's because like he's right now like he is he's everybody on that team including probably him at some level, knows that he is overmatched for the role that is currently being asked for him. Through, again, through no fault of his own. Like, he basically... I mean, they were... They needed him already to win these games offensively. And now they don't just need that level of production. They need him to make up for some of what Goron was bringing, too. And he's not the only one being asked that. Like, obviously, that's on Jimmy. That's on uh, Kendrick Nunn to a certain extent. But... It still, you know, is more burden for Hero, and he's just not that good. <laughs> he's just not not that good yet. He just isn't, you know? And, like, you can say it's because he doesn't have the experience. You can say, like, whatever you want, that he's not getting the calls. I don't know. Like, whatever other kind of reason there might be. But the bottom line is, whatever you think about where he's going to be next year or in two years or whatever, he's not good enough, and it's not his fault. And that's just okay. Like, he could still go off for 25 in Game 5 and be part of a winning effort. You know, that wouldn't shock me. He, he's played fine. He's played well occasionally. But, it's yeah, it's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys listened to Jackson and Van Gundy when you were watching it. But they were, like, shitting on him a good amount of the time. And they are just like, oh, he's, like, taking all these shots. He shouldn't be taking these shots. And, like... They're like, oh, that was like a bad defensive thing. And they just didn't seem to acknowledge that it's like he's trying to make up, like you said, Eli, he's trying to make up for what Drogic is doing plus what he's already supposed to do. And he's starting in the finals and he's 20. Like, what do you like? He's doing like much better probably than most rookies would do in that spot. Just that he's kept shooting at all when he has not had yet like a really good shooting game. I mean, he's had some points in the series. I think he had 17 the other night. Just that he's kept shooting and kept looking for his shot and kept putting pressure on the defense and not turning passive and kind of like taking himself out of the game. I mean, if he did that, then they would be truly fucked because then you just have like another guy that you can't play. And then you're leaning way more on Kendrick Nunn and you're leaning way more on Duncan Robinson. 
I don't think either of those dudes is going to get it done by themselves either. Duncan Robinson was banging some crazy threes last night, well, though. He finally had he finally had like a decent shooting game. I just I I think he gets even more burnt on defense than Hero does when he's not hitting those shots. Man, it's tough. I mean, he he survives. Like he he they didn't they the Lakers weren't absolutely crushing the um uh, the Heat's defense last night, and Robinson played a lot of minutes out there, so he survived. I frankly don't know how. I didn't know he was 6'7". I was definitely late to the party on that, where that was like a big thing like everyone was talking about today. I didn't pick up on that. The other the other stat I saw that like kind of stuck out to me is like Anthony Davis hasn't missed a single free throw all series. He's, on, he's taken 17, which is like a good amount. I mean, who cares if he makes 15 out of 17 versus 17 out of 17? But I mean, that's that, that was cool that he made every single one. But I mean, he hasn't been getting to the line. I mean, like you said, just not not having that back down game or that like true post game to really get in and create it yourself. Yeah. yeah, It's just not, it's just not his game. I mean, if he creates for himself, he faces up. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's been banging those mid range shots too. Like I'm not even a criticism, but it's not the more traditional kind of big man style offense of overpowering somebody and getting the layup or getting to the free throw. Yeah, um, I, I just feel bad for him because that's like what he's always tried to say is he prefers to play power forward or that's like what we've been led to believe. And it's I think it very much reflects in his game. <laughs> that more big man offense thing is more what LeBron does now. He's been missing a lot of jumpers. I thought his jump shot had been better recently. Still does the LeBron thing where he just like gets to the rim and he's bigger and stronger than you, you know, and like that's what he's done basically his entire career. Like, just found a way to somehow get himself right next to in front of moving towards the rim. And that's it. It's game over. You, you, he scores. You either foul him and he hit, hits one of two at the free throw line or sometimes he, or, you know, he gets an and one or he just gets the layup or the dunk or whatever. I mean, I don't think the Heat, they have a good defense, a really good one that tries hard. I don't think they have the most talent on that end. Of other teams LeBron has faced in the finals recently. It's it's the most cliche shit to like praise LeBron in his old age, but I mean he's getting another ring. You know, it just it's that's what's gonna happen. And he it's wild, man. Like he he, he did it again. <laughs> I mean his shooting hasn't been great. And he does he does the same thing where he'll go, he'll drive in and start going right and then switch to his left hand and then he'll jump up, they'll foul him, and then he does like the double clutch and he, like, scoops it underneath, and then they foul, call the foul, and it goes in. It happens all the time. I honestly, I mean, I think Jay Crowder has actually played really well this series, all things considered, which is not, like, to say that he's been a winning ne- player necessarily, because, like, they're losing. But, like, he is not, he has been, again, much like Tyler Hero, continuing every night to go out there and play as well as he possibly can, doing what they're asking him to do. Um, and he's overmatched, and it's not his fault. Like, LeBron was just tossing him off, you know? And Jay was, like, throwing those really hard fouls on his shoulders. And LeBron, like, said something to him, of course. Like, and you had that little moment of theater where LeBron is actually going to, like, pretend to step up to somebody. Not that he's not bigger and stronger than Jay Crowder. Like, I'm not saying he's scared of Jay Crowder or whatever. But, like, obviously LeBron is not going to start throwing punches at that point in a finals game. No, that's what Rondo's for. Rondo just flies in with a Superman punch. Do you think he pushed off on Harrell when he sent him into, like, the fucking Epcot Center? 
Yeah, they they did one of those like edits where like Harrow stumbled out of the frame and then just keeps stumbling and keeps stumbling and like does like the, the cross country road trip. Yeah, I just kind of think of LeBron like the old like the like the old dude at the gym with like the Gold's Gym like leather you know like bicep curls and all that stuff where he the explosiveness might go away, but he's just gonna turn into like Zach Randolph at the worst. Where I mean he can just turn his back and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Like he's just way too strong. Zach Randolph, who also happens to be a generational like ball handler and passer. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so Zach Randolph, yes. Right, yeah. He, he's gonna be Jokic with different like body composition, essentially. Like at that point. Yoke if Jokic imagine if Jokic had any shoulders at all. Like people talk about like, people talk about like him being a little pudgy or whatever, but dude just has like no upper body strength like whatsoever. <laughs> like, what do you think Jokic benches? I couldn't guess. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's like pretty strong though at the lower body. Like, I mean, that's like literally like our, our go-to play in the regular season for like the closeout was like, everyone thinks up like the Brad Stevens, like drawing some crazy double screen, get him open for the wide open shot. Ours was just giving it to Jokic and he was just too strong. Yeah, no, obviously, it's funny to watch. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not strong and you're obviously right that his lower body specifically, like he clearly has a low center of gravity. He moved dudes around. Like he's not getting beat up by there at all. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying how much do you think he can bench? <laughs> I don't do, do bas- basketball players like typically like really don't bench don't that much though. Basketball. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't even look at that on like the combine. So, like, what's the? Is it two twenty five? I'm saying I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember if this is what the combine is specifically. I remember when KD was getting drafted there. Like, he can't bench one thirty five. He's too weak. And it's like, dude, he does not need to be able to do that. That does not matter. I would guess it, though. Uh, I was gonna say, I guess that uh, Jokic has never benched in his life. Like, he's yeah. he's seen it. He's walked by it, and he's like, no not doing it <laughs> why would i do that yeah because <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna i mean it might be 225 like the nfl but i find it kind of hard to believe just because that's such like a like tall people typically don't bench like that i yeah, mean what a weight man i do not see Jokic tracking to 200 personally um and may look it maybe i'm doing the man like a great disservice like i could be vastly underestimating his uh serbian heart i'm just saying like from what i see out there on the court my man does not exactly look like, he, uh, yeah. He's a little, he's a little bottom heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's yeah. a nice pear shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I was going to say, he seems like the type of guy where it's like, if you get him to lift weights, like he can't do it. But if you're like, hey, can you go pick up that boulder over there? He's like, oh yeah, I got you. And then oh, farm strength. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Serbian farm that. strength, dude. Yeah. Serbian horse racing farm strength for sure. But yeah. w- w- without looking, who do you think would bench the most? Because, like, off the top of my head, because I'm sure this is out there, because, you know, whoever has it is bragging about it. But I would guess Marcus Smart, dude. I feel like he's really strong like and short, which, like, helps for bench press. Just don't see him being able to outbench LeBron. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. I bet, I bet you – do you see Bam jump up after uh, he got, like, hurt yesterday? Someone was, like, helping him up, and he did that. He jumped higher than, like, you could stack, like, four of my jumps together, just, like, off of the weirdest position while he's being helped up. Yeah. He could probably throw some crazy amount, too. But. Definitely. Bam is really strong. I mean, again, I feel like my answers are going to be kind of expected, but P.J. Tucker would be up there. That dude is just, like, a brick house. Uh, <laughs> the perfect fullback, dude. He would kill on yeah. the NFL, just sending him right into the A-gap. But I bet Embiid is fucking strong. I bet that dude can can... 
bench some press. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, but he does it in like a really awkward way. Like his one arm flies up, and then his other arm like pops up next to it. <laughs> All right, so so I, I looked up how they do it at the draft combine. Okay. So it's 185 pounds, which I feel like is fair because like a lot of these dudes are just like skinny. If you're if you're a six six, 180 pound shooting guard, like that's just not the the exercise I ask you to do. But the record is 27 from Jason Keep in 20 in 2003. And then the other, the worst ever performance turned in is Kevin Durant with zero. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, like you said, we can look at Kevin Durant, and we know. He can't do that. Yeah, it's not his fault, man. Like, you're right. It was stupid to, like, get sports uh, talking head, like, people all talking about that. Like, obviously, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, and I don't think it matters for Jokic. I just think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know the other four to hit zero reps? They're all, like, within, like, our lifetime. Like. <laughs> is it one Brandon Jennings? No, I'll just give it to him because it's like a random group of people. But one's Jamal Crawford, who's just in the skinny Hall of Fame. That makes perfect sense to me. Like, that man's a twig. Gotten to Crawford, yeah. Uh, Monte Ellis, which I'm surprised. Like, Monte Ellis seems like he would care about. I don't know. He seems like a tryhard to me. Like, he, he always feels like. Like, remember when uh, they took Curry and he, like, didn't want Curry there at all? Like, he was, like, talking to Curry like he was going to help him win the team. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's an alpha dog. I would expect, like, one from him. I don't know, man. It doesn't mean he lifts. <laughs> Big old nothing burger, though. Ah, okay. And then uh, TJ Ford and Luke Ridnour. Man, the shooting guard Hall of Fame right there. Blake Griffin did 22, which is, like, the modern kind of, like, out of the people, like, we consider, like, in our lifetime in the NBA, that was probably, like, the highest. Like, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, which makes sense looking at him. Like, Jokic probably didn't even do the combine though, right? Because there, there aren't the, that many international players there. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he was in the second round, so I doubt right. they even knew he existed. I wanted a, uh, I wanted Mo Bamba's bench. So I'll find his like combine numbers though, because they were stupid. Like he is a phys- like he can just do everything physically. Definitely one of the weirdest cases of like dude that got famous for reasons that actually have nothing to do with basketball, and now is still. Not famous, but he's at least like a a name that is known. And again, there's there's absolutely no reason for it in terms of like what he has done playing in his NBA career. Um, which you know, I mean, I'm not saying like screw Mobamba. It's just just an observation. <laughs> yeah, he was six uh, eleven and one fourth without shoes. With shoes, he's seven foot three fourths. 225 pounds, six percent body fat. I don't know if that's like I don't know anything about body fat. That sounds good. Uh, his hands are huge, nine and three fourths, and he had the longest wingspan ever at seven ten. No, it's not the longest ever, but it was the longest that year at the combine. So I'm trying. I couldn't find. Uh, I was looking for that. Like he, whatever, like the three quarter court sprint or whatever. It's like some random ass distance they make him do. He had like the fastest ever for that time. And I imagine him just taking like four steps and like traversing whatever distance they needed him to go. Are either of you Sheck West fans? No, I don't like. He just had the hit, right? That was it. Like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't. Uh, know. I mean, I, there was an album. Obviously, he had, the, he had the hit, man. It was big. It, no knock, but I, I don't really know. I know he's friends with Travis, but that's really. I don't really know anything about him. That was. I feel like. Right. I think he is friends with Travis. I was gonna say though. I feel like that was the biggest like, college player, in terms of, rap song since John Wall. Hmm. I would agree. Yeah. I feel like we forget how popular that was for six months <laughs> not even that long but like it was a popular like 
youth culture thing for a minute, like the John Wall um, uh, song and little. Right. And that was popular, like with us on the eastern shore of Maryland. Exactly. And he was still in yeah. Kentucky. So, yeah. Like, we had no reason to be like, oh, it's a good song. It, it, it had like a surprising amount of cultural uh, saturation. There was no, There was no reason for kids on the eastern shore to think like a dude in Kentucky was specifically cool. And I mean he is cool, but like yeah, it just it just it didn't happen normally. Oh you got Shane said Travis Scott. I just since I'm actually watching commercials when I watch sports now, since I'm watching them live, they have uh how they had the Travis Scott McDonald's meal, they have um a J Balvin one now. All that. I saw that. Yeah. Do we know what the meal is? I saw yes. a Big Mac, so I, I okay, what is it? Yeah. It's a it's a Big Mac, no pickles, medium fry, medium fry Shane with ketchup, and an Oreo McFlurry. That's the meal. Dude, I read a, I read like a conspiracy theory on the internet that uh, the reason they did the Travis Scott burger was because McDonald's was just sitting on a gold mine of barbecue sauce and they had to do something to get it out of there. <laughs> and like like not even part of me, all of me wants to believe it's true that they're just like trying to recycle like whatever they have a surplus of by like just knocking off these like terribly put together meals that like aren't even unique to the menu really like that's something you can order by itself yeah i don't think that's a conspiracy machine i think that's like just demonstrated this what how these fast food places work like, some good business practice yeah you run promos on the shit you have too much of it is really funny that like the implication here right is that these like artists these creative people these both eat at mcdonald's and like have the most boring meal choices possible like <laughs> just like have absolutely no whatever creativity they may have in their professional life just completely saps out of them when they go to mcdonald's and they're like yeah i want a big mac and uh fries with ketchup cactus <laughs> jack sent me <laughs> uh and i love that dude yeah i know it is funny seamus i avoid pretty much all commercials except for when i watch sports and then when you watch sports commercials, that's like such a pure, insane distillation of everything that goes on with them and like what American culture looks like to advertisers. And it's, uh, it's pretty wild. The general. Yeah. Still <laughs> kicking, yeah. dude. There's like a Samsung commercial and the song was playing and I was like, this sounds like very poppy and I feel like I've heard it somewhere. I was like, I have no idea where it's from. And then I Googled it and it was BTS, the K-pop band. They have a Samsung commercial song. I know they're huge, but I was just like, yeah, that's what they're advertising to like the NBA fans. I'll say because I don't even uh, I haven't been watching even like the commercial. I watch uh, the games without broadcast and they have the commercials, but I haven't really been. I like the Snoop Corona commercial. But other than that, I'm not too up to date on any of it. Just on the Snoop Corona commercial, my personal conspiracy theory about that is that they were like in the boardroom freaking out about the coronavirus and they were like, shit, shit, we have to. (laughs) We have to get the strong rebrand here. We have to bring him back to what a Corona really is about. All right. <laughs> We're right to dog a check, boys. It's time. Uh, honestly, yeah. like, write the big celebrity a check, right? And get them on TV on the NBA Finals. And uh, there you go. You got your brand back. Corona. It's like hanging out with Snoop on the beach. That sounds nice. I'd like to do that. I think they should lean into that, too. I think they should treat that like the Geico gecko and just, like, keep refill, read, uh, what's the word, like, retreading that model of that same commercial. And they could do a lot with it, I think. Like, they could just run that on loop. He calls, he calls uh, what's his face, Bad, Bad Bunny on the show. <laughs> yeah. Who's huge? I don't listen to him, but I know he's, like, very big. Yeah. Him and Jay Baldwin are really big. Latin, Latin pop. 
uh, for lack of a better word, is definitely, I think, more in the, the zeitgeist now than it was when we were even in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, the worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Pitbull, like, he, who, he was it, though, otherwise. And he, I don't know, like, I, I, he definitely is a good example. Never thought I was listening to, like, quote-unquote Latin music when I was, when, like, Pitbull song would come. It sounds like every other pop rap middle school jock jam. Yeah, dude, uh, DJ Khaled definitely stole Mr. Uh, Mr. Worldwide's flow, for sure. You're saying uh, Timber doesn't sound like Latin Latin music? <laughs> well, look, I, I, I am not the authority, right? So it, it's not for me to say. Latin, the Latin American culture and music and people, they contain multitudes. And of, among those multitudes is Mr. Worldwide, is Pitbull. And I accept him openly as, a, as an influencer, as an artist. And I hope he's doing well. I hope he's safe. I hope his family's safe, you know. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's how I feel. And and same to J Balvin and Bad Bunny, too, man. <laughs>